Unless you are in the arena fighting a fight with me, you have no control over my opinion. This is the Unfulfilled Podcast. Hey, Tony, it's Sean. I uh, I wanted to jump into a conversation here. It's been on my mind on what I like to call entrepreneurial uh, anxiety or entrepreneur anxiety. And I wanted to get your take on it. Um, I got to think I'm not the only one that that gets it or feels it. And uh, so I just wanted to bounce this off you. So it's it's that feeling you get. Um, you know, I think it evolves over time, but it's that feeling you get essentially that you're you got you have that pit in your stomach, right? And you're thinking about the next day or that next meeting or that next important move. And it might be happening, you know, while you're at dinner or while you're you're at home and not working. And it's that endless, you know, anxiety uh, of feeling uh, in your gut that you're getting because you want to progress your business or whatever whatever it is you want to advance. Uh Please tell me that's something that you get or have had, and I'm very curious on how you uh, deal with it and attack it, because uh, I have some thoughts, but it's just on my mind, and I got to think, man, Tony's got to feel that as well. What, what, Where are you at with that? Does that uh, trigger anything? Yeah, yeah. I mean, never felt it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it, it's something <laughs> that absolutely, It. I feel like, you know, 10 plus years into kind of an entrepreneurial route or career. I've I've learned to manage it pretty well, but it's funny because when you mention it, you know, there's a couple instances even in the last week that I felt it, but I've tried to, you know, since over time been experienced it, I think I redirect or think about it a li- little differently, but you know, absolutely I found that when I first started out, you mm-hmm. know, I'm not a very anxious person, right? And you know, I think it's because I do think things through very pragmatically, logically. You know, I almost view things of kind of like a risk reward um, and don't bring too much emotion into it. So as when I do have a thought that's, you know, kind of like anxiety, it doesn't quite fester in that. Right. I almost my mind kind of preplans a little bit, but okay. uh, I, I used to experience it, you know, I, I wouldn't say quite often, but quite a bit compared to, like I said, it's even in the last week, I probably had one or two instances. Um, and so I find for me, it feels like, and maybe I'm just describing anxiety here, but it, it, it'll be, you know, randomly, it'll be like 9 p.m. at night, I'll just be like watching TV. And then all of a sudden, I start to think, and it's like a quick flashing sensation about, oh my gosh, what if the business fails? You know, what, mm-hmm. what, if, what if we lose all the clients um, mm-hmm. or what if I don't do this or, oh, my gosh, I didn't prep enough for this this meeting. A- and then it kind of, you know, I give it like 30 seconds, 60 seconds, and then it goes back down. Um, so I kind of tuck it away now. Um, and again, I'm I'm glad to kind of talk about because thinking back to experiences in the past. But I mean, that's how it kind of reflects on me now. And I've learned to kind of treat it as, OK you know, think about it. Is there anything you have to do to prepare? But yeah, it's usually, it's usually bigger stuff that you can't necessarily control, right? It's like, right. you know, it's out of your locus of control. Right. Which we, we obviously, our personalities, we want, want the control and want to be in control of the result. You know, tell me about, um, cause I totally agree with you. It's kind of a, a flash. It's a, 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 a quick, a quick thought, right. That runs through your mind. And and I think you bring up a good point because I, I feel the same way where 10 years in, nine, 10 years in, 
it's a different type of what we're calling anxiety, and maybe that's the wrong word, but type of anxiety in that it's funny because you just said you you felt that in the last couple of days, right? And I have too, and that's why I wanted to bring it up. But it's different, right? Because the reality of it is, you know, you have an established business, we have established practices, and so someone think, well, how could you how could you get anxiety? What's there? to be anxiety about. So I was just wondering if that's something as an entrepreneur that you're always challenging yourself. And so you're never satisfied, right? And so you're always getting that feeling of, of, or what else could I be doing? It's quite different, that feeling. And I would say managing that thought, the mental side of it is quite different than year one, year two, um, when you're, you're in, you know, severe build mode, and you're not sure if you have a business. Is, did you deal with it differently then? And if so, it sounds like you did. What, what what helped then when you were starting your business and thinking, uh, you know, am am I going to have a business? Yeah. And the biggest difference I had kind of in my story that I would say contributed to me being able to deal with it uh, or manage it better is when I was around 13, um, small aside, I had I saw some uh, trading statements on the dining room table from my dad, uh, mm-hmm. and he kind of managed some some accounts for our family because uh, he just learned over the years about it. And I asked him about it, and we got to the point of he actually co-signed uh, ownership of my account on, over to me, right? So we're talking about 13, 14 years old. I started trading stocks and okay. um, I was not good. I had read a couple of books. I Googled a couple of things and I thought, okay, hey, this should be pretty, you know, easy. I, I'm excited because I'm going to make some money. And right. the next couple of years of my life was really me working through my own emotions because I would have, you know, long drawdown losses, right? Try and I'd break my rules about trading, right? I went from kind of, you know, shorter term like to medium term holding to like day trading and highly leveraged futures. And so there'd be days that, you know, I would be the first day on campus uh, at college and I would lose thirteen thousand dollars that day. And I would <laughs> I would end up, you know, curled up in a ball on my bed alone in the room when nobody else was around, just kind of crying to myself, right? And it, yeah. it it taught me detachment. Uh, it hmm. taught me how to handle those emotions. And then so, and that's even knowing that I kind of, it helped, I call it jaded, right? It kind of de-emotionalized me, detached me in a sense of then yeah. when I did start the business and, and worked with Raul, my business partner on building these things, I just had a different sense going in, but I still experienced it. But Compared to, again, the fact of where you're a kid, right? You're 16 years old. You're losing, you know, four or five figures in the course of a short amount of time. I just had a different perspective of because that caused anxiety, right? That caused me to literally break down and say, what am I doing in life? Like, what's going on? Like, all these other kids are, are drinking or getting to know each other. And I'm struggling with losing or making tons of money. So you just said your experience is obviously through your early teens, you know, prepped you or calloused you for the ins and outs of, of building a business, which I think that's what it takes, right? You have, you have to get calloused, like you said, detached, um, emotionally resilient uh, comes to mind. I think that's massively important 
Um, would you agree with this? Uh, you know, I would say, especially early on, I always felt that in dealing with that, you know, anxiety, um, action always seemed to be the cure. Did you feel that too? And maybe not, but do oh. you feel action was the cure to that anxiety? Well, absolutely. I think the entrepreneurial mindset is if you're thinking something that you don't like or that's making you anxious, right? As entrepreneurs, what's the only thing that can cure it is trying to do something about it, whether it succeeds or fails. It's yep. the act of, you know, and remembering back, right, when I was maybe concerned, you know, year one, day 72, oh, my gosh, where's where's revenue going to come from? You, know, you wake up in the middle of the night and you think about it, then you go, okay, whatever. What I'm going to do is tomorrow I'm going to go knock on more doors or I'm going mm -hmm. to call these people or I'm going to try to get more business out of past clients. And you, f it solves it or it soothes it in the interim because, you're, again, your mind's preoccupied with trying to solve it, whether or not it's the best. And that's where I think over time you learn how better to solve that anxiety. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in the beginning, it's just – you know, it's almost there's the people that sit back and worry about things and get anxious and don't do something about it. But I think that's the antithesis of the entrepreneur mindset, right? The entrepreneur anxiety is we know ourselves well enough to if we do something, if we take that action you're talking about, it will at least make it feel better until we have it again. <laughs> 100%. And I think that's, you know, it's funny because that themes in as I'm sitting here listening to you talk, it themes into that, you know, in a way, unfulfillment or that all that always that nonstop or uh, yearning for more and to be better and to better yourself. And I feel like that just weaves into uh, the DNA of an entrepreneur and someone that you know always wants to to excel. I think 100 percent action has always been the cure. And I think it's funny. <clears throat> whenever you uh, say you had anxiety around a, a certain thing and then you deploy some action towards it, you know, in a way it creates that sugar high of over, you know, overcoming that anxiety and actually doing something about it and, and hopefully stifling it and putting it away. But then, you know, naturally we find something else to progress towards, uh, you know, and I'm trying to think of a, if a different word anxiety, right? It's, I don't think it's like we sit there and, you know, uh, bang our head against the wall about it. But I think it's that thought of, all right, what's the next step? What's the next move? I got to keep going. I got to keep moving. Um, and that's definitely always crossing my mind. And obviously, uh, it's very similar for you. Yeah. And I'd say, because I almost think of, you know, in the anxiety point as panic, right? And I, I get less and less panic uh, as every day passes, as the years goes on, right? There's there's kind of clusters of of anxiety that I experience. And it's it's usually because I'm not thinking about things in a correct manner or a series of events kind of have been tripped that, okay, you're dealing with like four business issues that are abnormal or personal issues mixed with business issues. And I think it's funny if the anxiety persists long enough, I think us and just people as entrepreneurs, if they don't take action, they then either start to, I guess, give up or let it affect other things within their life, right? They let it like weaken them mentally until they realize, you know, okay, hey, now I'm in a better place. Now I can kind of come at this from a different perspective. Um, and that's where I think it takes, it, it takes just as much action 
to show that you can potentially be in control of what you're anxious about, right? Because then after mm-hmm. you do, you realize, well, should I have been, you know, worried about this or not, right? What, you know, is this important? Is, you know, the fact of what I'm chasing a what and not a why I want to do it? Um, right, right. But it's, it's other people. It's, and that's, I've always kind of been siloed in that approach from the beginning. And I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I, I, I think it gave me a bunch of suboptimal qualities, right? With, with regards to detachment and compartmentalizing and, and things like that. Um, but it allowed, you know, it was something as simple as I didn't, I didn't have an iPass in one of my cars for a while. And I kept going, you know, people would be in the car with me. And it was funny. It was different people. It was family. <laughs> I go, go through the iPass and they kind of look around and I'd be like, I know exactly what they're doing. They look, you know, they look on the windshield, they look and they go, would you have an iPass? And I'd be like, no. And they would just stare at me and go, well, aren't you scared about getting like a, a fine or whatever? I'm like, no. And, and they just were bewildered. They're like, how can you sleep at night? Like people would ask me these stuff. And I'm just like, I don't know. Cause I'll deal with it when it comes, you know? And it's just you know, some, obviously not the, the well, no, I mean, no, yeah, I mean, it's not the, yeah, it's, it's a small, it's a small example, but it shows in a way that maybe you are able to control your anxiety or at least deploy your thoughts and your time towards maybe the bigger rocks, right, in life and business, as opposed to a, a $5 fine from an iPass, which you know, you can just pay online after you go through, right? Like, you, you have perspective on what's important and where your action should be. Is that fair? Yeah, and I guess it, and why I say it's also a fault is because the act of I almost overcomplicate the fact of why don't I just get an iPass? Why am I going to make, I'm not thinking long term of, again, then I have to call or deal with a fine or explain it. But it, it's in the moment, I, I guess I was stubborn in, I would do or I do certain things that I feel helps to show the stability or the 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 fact mm. that I don't have to take on the anxiety, but it, it's maybe at a detriment of other things, right? Like me, me not having one was, was completely stubborn, but me being able to emotionally handle the fact of every time I go under, I really don't care, right? Because I have more important and bigger things in my life. It, it was almost like a training mechanism and, and other things, small things built up to make me so that when I am in a dire situation or I have that anxiety that makes me sit up at night or just panic in the middle of the day, I've handled it in so many small instances and not been burdened with it that I feel I can elevate above that bigger issue of an anxiety. So, so two questions. First, how much do you owe the state and I pass fines at this point? <laughs> you don't uh, have to say. <laughs> I'd like to uh, clarify that I think I'm all, I'm all, uh, you know, all caught up. yep. Caught up. That, <laughs> so, uh, please uh, come after me. That's funny Two. You know, so it sounds like if what I'm hearing, because I think it's very similar with me, I feel like in in dealing with anxiety, um, you know, nine or 10 years into into something that you're building, you're I feel like we're able I feel like I'm able to be more intentional about it, where kind of to your example, I'm not sweating the iPass aspect. I'd be sweating if I don't have a car to drive down the road. Right. Like the bigger objects, the bigger rocks that are going to be more meaningful. I'm much more intentional about my day-to-day and strategic yeah. about it. And I think in a way that reduces anxiety because I know exactly what I need to do and I have full faith in those activities. Um, and I, have a, I just have a feeling, or my, my thought is, I think that helps and assists 
as your as you know business is built the anxiety shifts but it's much more controllable a because we're calloused right you're not going to build a a business without having a little anxiety and getting through those tougher mental times and then two um i think there's bigger rocks and more intentional rocks that you know reduce that that anxiety and you know is that just because a business has been built like the contents the wrong word because that's definitely not the case but um you have the business to the business is running it's it's a success so you have less anxiety because if that one thing didn't happen you'd be okay is that yeah do you think that's part of it well and it's an interesting question because i think there's a couple of variables at play of okay. i think anxiety stems from having a lack of a locus of control right so you know psychologically locus of control if you have i don't know the scale but if you have a higher locus of control i think it's you feel like you have more control over everything you know in your life or in your destiny and stuff like that and so mm -hmm. i think as an entrepreneur as you build something whether it's successful or not i think you begin to realize that you do have more control over things but i think it's the second variable is exactly like you're saying if you know with an established practice, business, service, whatever it is, you, you theoretically do have more control because you might have more resources or assets and things. And so you realize, you know, the fear of, oh, what if every client leaves me tomorrow? Well, I have more like if it was just me and and no clients. Well, why am one? Why am I worrying about that? Because I have none. Um, but let's say you know have a couple you might not have as many resources or feel like you have control over over keeping them. But let's say you've got 100 people and, you know, you can use or, or when you have that fear, you can say, you know what, tomorrow I'm going to go in. I'm going to talk to some people, make some changes, you know, hire anyone that I think is necessary to really help give clients a better experience and then survey the clients. And so it's it's that weird. I think they both go in tandem because the reality is when you have more resources, you can elicit more control. And so I think that helps to qualm a little bit of that anxiety versus when you're a one-man shop or two-man shop or you don't have it yet, you almost have to have a stronger internal locus of control because, again, if you're yeah. a one-man one shop and you're going through the grind and the entrepreneur, like, how can you compete if that client is trying to leave you for a much bigger company or a much more established company, like you can talk to them till you're blue in the face. You can, you can do as much as you can in maybe the week that you have to savor it. But the reality is the odds are against you as much as you believe you can control your own destiny. Somebody has more resources and, and for that specific maybe client or situation, it's just not going to work in your favor. So it just, as long as it doesn't lead you to believe that, oh my gosh, this one left or I failed here. I have no control over these situations and falling into that pattern. And I feel like if you, if we flip that, right, in that situation when you're, when you started, you know, when you start your practice or an entrepreneur starts their business, obviously there's competitors that have a wider, um, wider range, more resources, things of that nature. I think if that mentally doesn't get you excited for the opportunity because the space in that space, whatever it is, that there's opportunity that people uh, need your service or your help or your product. Um, you know, if you're sitting in the bucket of anxiety and saying, oh, my gosh, 
you know, how can I, you know, the competitors are bigger, this and that versus, oh my gosh, the opportunity is endless. I think that's part of uh, combating that anxiety, but then that's also the mindset of, I think, of an entrepreneur and, and an optimist, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'd say one of the biggest things I have anxiety continuously over, like of late in my life, uh, is is learning, right? I Honestly, sometimes it'll be like the middle of the day or I'll see something that triggers it. I'll read an article and I go, I don't know anything. I need to read 3,000 books as soon as possible because I'm going to be left behind. And And that's the kind of stuff today I have the most anxiety over because which, every- which you didn't have five, eight, nine years ago that maybe a little, but not to the extent it is now. Right. Well, and it was because five, eight, nine years when I was trying to build something, I was doing a lot more learning, but yeah, it, so I never had it. And so I never realized it was something that I was worried about until I wasn't doing it as aggressively for a couple of years. And then I said, you know, I feel dumb. Like, Hmm. I feel like there's everyone in the world is smarter than me and I'm going to fail in business because I don't know enough and I haven't so, taught myself. So you learn to, you learn, you read the books and I, you know, I know that, that you dive in and you, you really do. You, you are definitely a student of your game. You, you learn to apply or do you learn, like you said, to have the knowledge because of the fear of the knowledge isn't there, right? To always better your yourself does it is it a mix of both like are you learning to apply within your your life are you learning to just to just know i guess so i think i've always been slanted towards heavily towards learning to apply i i had a real issue in just classes high school college classes that i couldn't see what i call i called the application gap if i don't if i can't see how i can apply this and it's just like formulas or you know whatever I I lose sight of the end goal. I get disinterested. And so 100 percent. Yeah. And so that's it's it's huge for me of I found I do a mix because what happens if I read too many books that I'm looking for information to apply? I find I don't read them correctly or again, whatever it is, if it's, you know, even podcasts or vlogs or stuff like that. And so sometimes I have to slow down and say, you know what, I'm going to read this book about Susie Homemaker that has nothing to do with anything in my realm or industry, but it's just an autobiography and it's interesting and it almost breaks it up. So then the next book, I'm like, now I'm ready for some more information. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I do. I do it to apply and that's, but I don't do it to a fault of, you know, I'm re- I read this great book called principles by Ray Dalio. It's like 600 pages. It's like, two books in one, um, one of the largest hedge fund uh, managers, most successful and one of the highest network guys. He he has a similar mindset and obviously is very pragmatic. You know, he's got a lot of obviously principles in the book. And what I find myself is while I read them, don't blindly apply them, right? I might read the whole book and out of it, maybe five pages will speak to me now. And I'll say, you know what? There was There was an idea there. There was a good concept. Let me talk to some people. Let me see if this concept might apply to myself, to our, the organization, you know, to the way we do things and do it that way versus here's, Hey guys, here's 10 steps. Here's the new process. Do it this way. Right. I think that, I think that's important. And I, I completely agree with you, which is in, in, in the, in the, during the read, right. Um, if it doesn't apply, I have a tough time moving forward with it. Yeah. Um, and 
you know, and, and you typically before I would jump into a read, um, you know, usually they're based off good recommendations from people that I trust, but it's very difficult. I had the same feeling as you throughout uh, throughout school, especially in college where you're thinking, all right, how does this apply to my future? And so I think uh, I think the application is extremely important, I think. And I think always betting yourself is is very important and, and, and to circle back into some of the anxiety aspects of, I suppose, life. I think learning can subdue a lot of that, right? Because you feel a little bit more in control, you feel informed. Uh, and so you feel like in any situation you can take on that conversation or um, pivot where you need to. So I think yeah. they kind of go hand in hand. And, and kind of to give, I guess, thinking about it and, and pulling my thoughts together on entrepreneurial anxiety, right? How to curb it or how to handle it or or whatever. It's I think it's a combination of how how you view problems that I think you're exactly right in to soothe it, you have to take action. But I think to frame it or phrase it in your mind before you start is a whole nother thing. And that's, it's, it might sound stupid, but like diet, you know, making sure you're, you're feeling healthy, like stuff like that, that could actually lead to spur anxiety that, you know, I know when I'm not eating healthy or I'm not, you know, I'm drinking a little too much or, you know, stuff like that. It actually, perpetuates it because I feel like I'm not prepared enough to take action. And then I take action on like a rocky foundation. Um, and so I think that stuff can't be oversighted, right? Simple things of I haven't gotten into like breathing and meditation, but I'm, I'm very interested of sometimes I'll just sit there for four minutes and breathe. And then I'm like, I'm doing this all wrong, but did this count me? Did this work? Am I, right. am I reached enlightenment? Like what's going on here? Um, <laughs> and so that's where then I think it's about that action. But it's also about making sure you're solving little problems with that action, right? Not not tackling something huge, not saying, hey, oh, my gosh, we're we're here. We need to be 10 steps ahead. How do I solve that problem? Right. Solve step two. Take a little. Yeah. And that's why I call the incremental change. Take a little change and apply it, because when I talk and meet with most people, they honestly look too big picture. And in my mind, I break things down immediately into what can be done today, tomorrow, and within the next week to get us towards this goal. And usually it's 5% of 100% of what needs to be done, but it's breaking it down into manageable problems that then you can mm -hmm. tackle one by one. And that's where I think anxiety stems from a lot. I don't have enough clients. I don't know how I'm going to make this pitch. Like just incremental change, man. Like take it one small step at a time. and I find it's very hard to do, and I've only been lucky enough to kind of fall into it from like 10 plus years of, of, of struggles and experience and going through just ebbs and flows of life and career. Well, I, I would, uh, I think that was some of the most insightful remarks uh, in the past, you know, half hour here. The reality of it is, is that cliche one step at a time. And I think we probably create our, our own anxiety around things we can't control in the next day. Um, so I think with that said, uh, and that, that, that's definitely a way to wrap this conversation up around entrepreneurial anxiety. Um, love the insight, Tony. I appreciate it. And I think the, my biggest takeaway is, you know, focus on the things you can control um, to take those baby steps to that, that big, big, uh, wildly important goal. So uh, as always, I appreciate it. And uh, until next time, my friend. All right. Thank you. See you, Tony. Bye.